Yeah. Let's make sure every week or at least every month has one, one week that has a Friday in it. And if we can I have that, it. I think we're golden. I think we're good to go. We can make that I work. We, I think we can totally do that. Yeah, yeah. And there's a rumor. I'm going to propose a resolution that we have every week with a Friday in it would give us, what, like 52 Fridays every year? Roughly, just doing oh, the math, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Just doing, just doing some rudimentary math with a little Pythagorean theorem. <laughs> just slipped in there. <laughs> well, it's it's good to see you again. Oh, it's great to see you. And we are finishing our series that has taken a good long while, just mm-hmm. because of our schedules. Yeah, a lot of but Fridays. This is, this is our tough question. This is our last tough question. Obviously, there are more tough questions we could ask, but. This is the last one at least we have scheduled for right now. Then we'll go into a different direction with the podcast as far as what we talk about. But this last one is a tough one, and it's a very real one. The question is, why has so much evil been done in the name of Christianity? We've already learned. We've already learned about the resurrection. We've learned Mm -hmm. that he is a good God even though there's suffering. We've learned that he's a loving God even though there's a hell. So with all of that and the miracles that happen, with all that, man, then... Why has so much evil and hurt and pain been caused by Christians? Mm, now, what a good question. Comes time for one of our very favorite segments of the show, and that is It's Time for Cop Stories with Andy. Well, here we go. <laughs> Tell us, policeman, what's happened on your on your watch on your patrol that you can tell us about. Well, you know, that's a, a great question that you ask, and I have loved this series. There's been so many good things come out that make you think. And I got to thinking as we're preparing ahead of this one, I thought, what could we use as an example? Something that I've encountered in my life, in my work, that has shown that there are people out there, a lot of people out there, that even in a, I would say, predominantly Christian community, like where I serve, and where I live, there's a lot of churches, there's a lot of Christian people, but you're also going to still find people that have probably never really been exposed to real Christianity. Maybe they have some abstract idea of what a Christian is or know someone who says they identify as a Christian, but maybe they've never been in a church and certainly never even cracked open a Bible. And so we run into those people a lot. Law enforcement officers are generally going to maybe deal with those people more than anyone else that they talk to, in fact. So... Not always, but you're going to find that. I went to a call. This was this was a call that came in as a landlord-tenant dispute. And the landlord wasn't there. It was the tenant calling in after this encounter had occurred. And now he wanted to make a complaint that he thought the police might be interested in documenting and having a part <laughs> in for some reason. Uh, we get a lot of those. So yes. I go out to the, to the man's house and he is pretty upset. He says the landlord was here. He was on the property. And I don't want him coming here. He doesn't have any right to be here. And well, actually, he does have a right he to be there. He doesn't have any right. But, <laughs> I know he owns the place. I know his name is on the deed. I know he's right. in the recorder's office. But aside right. from that, I make the check out to him, you know, when I pay my rent. You know, exactly. Yeah, yeah, what, yeah, that's what, right. What's it his name's in his on business? the lease as the right. lessor. <laughs> yes. Aside from that, right. What's it to him? Well, <laughs> <laughs> he pays the insurance. I still yes. don't get why he has to be here. Yeah, yeah, stay out of it, you nosy guy. That's yeah, right. So, so, but that's exactly what I needed to figure out. Why was he here? What was going on? He, he said, "Well, he was here to collect his rent." I said, "Okay, well, you oh, paid your rent." He's how we dare said, you? Yeah. The unmitigated so, goal. Yeah, he said, "No, I haven't paid my rent. In fact, I haven't paid it for the last couple months." Well, now I understand why the landlord's there. <laughs> right. 
I, why haven't you paid your rent? I had to ask, why haven't you paid your rent? What, what is going on that you haven't paid your rent? And he says, well, you know, the ceiling in the master bedroom, the plaster's coming down. And I told him about it, and he hasn't come in to fix it. He keeps putting me off. And I said, well, there could be reasons he's putting you off. Have you asked him why it's taking so long? No, I just decided not to pay my rent until he fixes it. <laughs> I said, that, that's going to that's gonna resolve everything. <laughs> yeah, it was still, the ceiling is unfixed, and now the landlord is showing up. Right. And I said... And, and, I, and I do know the landlord has a lot of rental properties. He's a local business owner, has a lot of rental properties. I'm sure this guy is busy. And sure. I, don't, I don't know that we could be very fair by saying that he's just blowing the guy off. But, you know, so I'm making a little bit of, uh, of my own assumptions in this. But I, I, I want to really get to the heart of it. And, and I said, okay, well, you, you know, you can't really do that. Well, why not? He hasn't fixed my ceiling. I'm not paying my rent. And I said, well, first of all, you entered a contract with him, an agreement. You gave your word when you signed your lease. You said, I will pay my rent faithfully every month on the first of the month or whatever day you guys chose. And you said, I will pay my rent every month. And his end of the bargain is, I will give you a suitable place to live. I will give you a structure in which you might dwell. Right. And suitable is in air quotes. <laughs> yes. And some landlords, we know that that's a very, yes. Yes. A, a very broad term, we'll say. Yeah, that's right. There's a lot of range in that thing. <laughs> right. And this wasn't a place where uh, you would look at and say, how could anybody even live in a house? I mean, this, this was just an average little ranch style house, you know, nothing, nothing extreme going on there. And, but, and I didn't even go inside. I didn't go and look at the ceiling. I didn't even look at the ceiling. I said, he also entered an agreement with you and he signed it, right? And he said, well, yeah, of course. I said, so he said he was going to offer these things and you were going to pay. And this is what it was, was going to look like. And I said, and then when you decided not to pay, you didn't keep your word. You broke the agreement. And he said, well, yeah, but then he, but he didn't fix the ceiling. So he didn't keep the agreement. I said, that's true. He didn't. I said, but what you're saying is, is because he didn't keep his end of the bargain. You're entitled to not keep your end of the bargain. So in other words, two wrongs make a right. Well, you know, I mean, he says, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess maybe, but it still, it still isn't right. I said, well, you know, I'm not saying that anybody's right in this. I said, one way to look at it is like this. You should look at it and say, I'm going to still pay my rent and do the right thing, even if he doesn't, because what if you put yourself in his position for a minute and whatever excuse he might have, whether it's good or bad, what if we switch roles for a second? Would you want somebody doing that to you? Well, no. And I said, okay, so really what we can take from this is you don't want to ever do something to somebody that you wouldn't want them to do to them. Right. And he goes, Whoa. <laughs> I said, I said, yeah, I said, you can, I, I, I said, always treat others the way that you want treated. He's like, whoa, whoa, wait, 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 say that, say that again. <laughs> oh my like, goodness. Always treat people the way that you would like for them to treat you. I said, I said, you've heard that before, right? He said, no. And like, I mean, his jaw is like hanging and his eyes are big, like double I, rainbow. Like you can't make this stuff up. Like it's almost like we could do a comedy skit at church on this, right? right. Like this guy right. is Wait, just so blown you away. You should write this in a book somewhere <laughs> with like yes. black and white red letters. Highlighted in red even. That would be wonderful. Oh, I said, that'd be you, awesome. I said, you've heard of that before. I said, you know, a lot of people call it the golden rule. No, no, no. I've never, <laughs> no, I don't, I've never heard that. I said, I said, here's how it's how it actually goes. I said, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. That's the most common way people say it, really. 
wow, you're, you're really good. <laughs> you are really good. And I, surely, and I, surely this man is Messiah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, why, thank you. I just now thought of that. <laughs> I've got some water inside. Let me come out. I want to see you do that trick again. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I said, well, actually, it's not mine. I can't take credit for it. It's so not mine. Jesus actually be, said it. That would be divine plagiarism. Divine plagiarism. <laughs> I like that. Divine plagiarism. Yeah. I said, Jesus is actually the one who said it. And he goes, oh, my gosh. I, he's like, so say it again. I go, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. You wouldn't want your landlord doing something to you that, that hurts you or harms you. Or if you were the landlord, you wouldn't want the tenant doing something like that to you. I said, you have to treat people, even when they're doing you wrongly, you have to treat them the way that you would want treated. I, you're not supposed to retaliate. You're not supposed to, to, right. to, to do something wicked in return or something nasty or something mean. You're not supposed to do that in return. And he said, I, I've never had anybody tell me that before. And wow. I thought, man, I, I get it. If, if we were talking about something really, really deep, if we were diving right. into Leviticus or something, right. you know, like right. this guy right. might say, oh, well, I never heard that before, but this isn't in the oh. context of a church or anything else. I, for one yeah. thing, I, I'm on duty as a police officer. I'm sure that when he called the dispatch center, he never expected for a police officer to come out and quote Jesus to him. Right. Uh, <laughs> but, um, I need an officer to come out. I'm going to file a complaint. I'd like if the officer spoke in King James Version English. <laughs> right, right. Aramaic would be better, that but I'll be take awesome. King James English. <laughs> so right. So he so he's completely flabbergasted. And the takeaway I had from that um, is well, a couple things. First of all, he told me he was going to pay his rent, and as far as I know, they must have resolved it because generally, with landlord tenant disputes, officers can tell you that most of the time these things generally just don't end. They typically will escalate. You're going to have repeated calls there, ultimately an eviction. Uh, sometimes you're going to see them in, in court at some point, but we never went back there on a call for this. Uh, so as far as I know, it got resolved somehow. I couldn't tell you how, but I know that I never went back there on a call. There were no more calls for service at that address. So that could be the guy just picked up and moved. Who knows? But I sure. think there was some kind of impact regardless of what happened with the falling down ceiling and the landlord that wanted to show up and knock on his door, whatever they worked out. I like to think that that person came out of that situation with something, not only that they hadn't heard before, but something that they might apply to their life. And I right. realized that might be the only scripture that that person's ever been exposed to. And I wasn't there to preach to them. I didn't go into the salvation message. I didn't go into it. I was obviously there in the capacity of an officer, but you know, whether sure. you were quoting anybody from history, I mean, it, it was appropriate to bring that up. And it worked in this situation to make him see that I'm not right here. I thought I was right. I think is, is his mentality when he calls right. us, he's, you know, I'm going to teach this guy a lesson and I'm going to have the police come in and they're going to stand behind me and say, yeah, he, needs to teach him a lesson. Don't pay your rent. And right. instead he got what I gave him and he got I Jesus. Hope, he got, yeah. And I, and I hope, I hope he's kept that with him, but I realize yeah. this, this is part of that segment of our community. As many churches as we have, you know, whatever is 111 churches in our county or whatever it is at last count, this is one of the unchurched people. This is somebody that, and there are people in church that don't get me wrong. I, they probably don't know scripture, but I think most people 
who've been exposed to any kind of Christianity have probably heard what is dubbed as the golden rule. They've heard do unto others. They understand that concept and the biblical principles that come with that. But this person had none of it. So in essence, I was the only scripture he's exposed to and maybe the only Christian that he's really ever had any kind of dialogue with. Uh, maybe wow. not the only Christian he's ever met, seen, or heard of, but but maybe the only one he's ever really had that con- kind of conversation. And so it had a, an impact on me in a much different way, but just as it had an impact on him, it had a huge impact on me. And I've never forgotten that. And I now never forget the look on that guy's face when wow. he was blown away by something that I learned in Sunday school when I was seven or eight years old. Right. And here he is in his probably late thirties, early forties. And he looked like I had just revealed the mysteries of life to him. Blown away. I know where the Holy Grail is. Yes. <laughs> yes. Wink, wink. wink. Right. Wow, we're, walk, we're walking into the warehouse at the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark. I'm showing you all the secrets and where all the treasures <laughs> are hidden. And this guy is looking like, oh man, his eyes were humongous. His jaw was dropped and he is just blown away. So that had an impact on me. He didn't realize probably the impact on me, but I've thought about that to this day, and I hope he's remembered that oh, to yeah. this day. Absolutely. Yes, somewhere that guy is still in Mount Vernon with his jaw on the sidewalk going, do unto <laughs> others. <laughs> right. Whoa. Right. Right. Hey, I maybe hope he remembers Jesus is, said it. <laughs> maybe that guy. Yeah. Andy Burns. Maybe, yes. that, maybe that is the double rainbow yeah. guy. Yeah. <laughs> Double rainbow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in, in his mind, he might have it all twisted around a little bit as far as the source. Maybe he's going around telling people, you know, there was this wise police officer once right. who came <laughs> to my house, and this is what he shared with me. Now, that yes. person's probably looking at him like, dude, are you serious? That police yeah. officer didn't come up with that. You know that, right? Yeah, that was Jesus, right? <laughs> yeah. And then maybe it'll come back to him. Oh, yeah, he did say that. <laughs> the police officer was Jesus? Mind blown. A triple yes. rainbow. Wow. Yeah, right. <laughs> so the question is, why has so much evil been done in the name of Christianity if what Jesus had to say and share was just so good? Yeah. He didn't tell us to take up our swords against our neighbor and lop and lop and lop until nobody was left standing. In fact, yeah. in the Sermon on the Mount, he told us to love our enemies, pray for yeah. those who persecute us. So mm. if he was so good, yeah. why has there been so much evil been done in his name? Yeah. I think we're, we're going to try to get to the bottom of that question and answer that right after sure. this. All right. Hey, welcome back, listeners. You're listening to Preacher and the Policeman. I'm LJ. I'm the Preacher. I'm Andy. I'm the Policeman. And we'll be back right after this. Question we're answering today is what, why has so much evil been done in the name of Christianity? Let me ask you another question right after that one. What is the greatest sin in Christianity? And that one's not easy because... Sin is sin. There's really, that I know of, maybe there is a grading system. Maybe there's a misdemeanor and a felony system with God, but it would appear that he is so holy and so blindingly brilliant light that all sin is sin. Yeah. So if that's true, what would the greatest sin be? I'm told, and I've never studied a great deal of rabbinical tradition, but I am told that if you wake up a rabbi at 3 a.m. and you ask them the question, 
-hmm. Rabbi, what is the greatest sin in Judaism? Mm -hmm. His response will be, why in the world are you calling me at 3 a.m.? And then, <laughs> then his response will be, and he'll give the same answer every time. Mm -hmm. The greatest sin in Judaism is doing evil in God's name. Yeah. It act, mm -hmm. It's actually one of God's top 10. Exodus 20, verse 7, do not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. The Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Yeah. Now, we often take that to mean we're not supposed to say, and I, I believe it has this application, we're not supposed to say, oh my God, or even just kind of flirt with that, oh my gosh, or yeah. even yeah. OMG, or certainly there yeah. are some stronger variations that I'm not going to say, that we're not sure. supposed to say those or use the name of God as a curse word. But it's deeper than that. It's this concept of carrying the name of God in a lie, saying I'm a Christian, but not living like it, saying I follow yeah. Jesus, but my life says I don't. And by the way, shameless plug, but there is a good book out there that helps to answer and unpack that very question called 10 Words. But here's, yeah, here's yeah. my advice for every Christian out there, everyone who's following Jesus. If you have the, the fish decal or you've got the bumper sticker that says Jesus is my pilot, I'm the co-pilot, or you've got your church's yeah. decal on your car, but you got road rage in your heart and can't get it out, please, for the sake of what you say you believe, take yeah. the decal off, take the fish sign off, take the bumper sticker off. Right. What's worse than losing your temper is losing your temper and still calling yourself a Christian. And all of us are going to struggle with that. When I was a pastor and I would drive the church van from time to time, I had to be very careful the way I drove because yeah. of the apostolic yeah. church plastered on the side. As well, it wasn't just your van. It wasn't just well, your, your church van. It was your personal vehicle, which everyone yeah, else learned very my, quickly yeah, because my, of your personalized plates. <laughs> my plate was Pastor LJ, so I had to be very careful if I cut somebody off or if I got yeah. upset with somebody or a little road rage right. or whatever. Yeah. Pastor LJ, it's not just LJ's upset. It's Pastor yeah. LJ. And right. that gives people, Paul says in his epistle, that gives people a right to blaspheme. What that means yeah. is you call yourself a Christian. You're not acting like a Christian, therefore there's nothing to being a Christian. Yeah. So that's yeah. that's carrying the name of the Lord our God in vain. That's carrying his name in a lie. One right. of the one of the strongest indictments I've heard was from Mahatma Gandhi, who obviously was not a Christian, but he said this I like their Christ. I don't like their Christians. Wow. Man, that hurts. Yeah. And then Friedrich Nietzsche, who was an atheist, he said, I will believe in the Redeemer when the Christian looks a little more redeemed. Mm. And again, man, that stings, yeah. but that should, wake, that should wake us up to say it is possible for evil and wicked and wrong to be done in the name of Christianity and even to brag about it. Yeah. That, well, I'm a Christian. I can do what I want. No, yeah. not at all. Paul says, I'm right. crucified with Christ. I'm a dead man. I don't chase rainbows. I, I don't have my own ambition. And mm -hmm. so I don't have a right to chase after the things I want. So the yeah. answer to this question is a close que close cousin to the third question we answered in this series. I think it was the third question. So the question with that one is, how could a good God allow suffering? The answer to that is choice. Just as yeah. you mentioned, God gave us a free will. Right. Well, yeah. the answer to this question is really the same. If you if you can't stay on for any longer, you have to run to Wendy's because they're just about to close breakfast. Yeah. The answer to this, if you have to go right now, is choice. Mm -hmm. God has given every Christian a choice, a choice to either carry his name to glorify yeah. him or carry his name in a lie. Mm. So it is up to every Christian, when you shared that principle with that gentleman, 
You did not tell him that, yeah, man, you need to get what's yours. You need to stand up for your rights. You told him, let me tell you what Jesus told us. He didn't tell us to retaliate. He told us to treat others like we want to be treated. Right, right. So let's let's take a look at Christianity from its very birth. First, there's Jesus. Then you've Mm -hmm. got 12 disciples. Now, we lost Judas, obviously, but then Matthias takes his place, and we're back up and running. Then you got 12 yeah. disciples again. Then then there's 120 filled with the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. Then Peter preaches, and now all of a sudden you got 3,000, and we are in the thousands. Yeah. But, all, but all the Christians were cloistered there in Jerusalem, and they're like, man, this is a good gig. We like this. And then persecution spread them, which seems like right. the worst thing that could happen for the church, but really is the best thing that could happen for the world sure. because the yeah. Christians left Jerusalem and went right. into all the world spreading the gospel everywhere. Yeah. And so now Christians, even though they're persecuted, they've got to worship in a whisper, mm. Christianity spread. Yeah. Spread faster than Nutella in a kindergarten cafeteria. Mm. And here's why. The Christians were looking like and living like Jesus. They were looking like the Christ they followed. Yeah. There was, there was an atheist turned Christian. His name was Patrick Glenn. And he said this, I quote, part of the reason for Christianity's rapid spread was simply that the early Christians were such nice people. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that great? Yeah. The yeah. very kindness of the Christians in their service to the poor and yes. downtrodden attracted new adherents. Christians astounded the ancients with their charity. Yes. Not their theology or not their doctrine, which they had, right. but their charity. They were just nice people. They were not self-righteous. They were not pompous for the, for the large part. Right. They were nice. He even said Christians were not just taking care of their own. They were caring for neighbors, caring for the poor, the widows, the hurting. And they were basically very loving. And here's the crowning statement. And this Mm -hmm. is what I hope all of us, every Christian or every budding Christian, every aspiring, I want to be like Jesus. I've got a long way to go. All of us do. But people who are brand new in their faith, he said this, there was consistency between their beliefs and their behavior. Yeah. Yeah. That, my friend, is where we need to be. That is wonderful. Where what we yeah. say is displayed by, not contradicted by, what we live. Yeah, staying even when their masters would would be stricken with some type of illness and everyone else would leave for fear of catching it, and sure. those Christians would stay behind, servants would stay behind who were believers. And likewise, the relationship you see with the system of slavery that existed at the time where slaves are elevated in the body of Christ, Right, they're your brother now. It's exactly. your sister now. And exactly. this turned the world upside down. This was completely contrary to what the world system had. So it changed everything. So what a great witness. But at the same time, just like they say in Spider-Man, with great power comes great responsibility. Yes. You really, your witness says everything about the kingdom and about the God you serve and the Lord that you worship. And you can be a great attraction to people in that sense, or you can be a repulsion. And I Absolutely. hope to never be the latter. <laughs> I hope not. The tough thing is you could live 70 years and exalt Jesus, glorify him, point people to him. Yeah. And in one one lapse of judgment, one lapse right. of self-discipline, whatever, yeah. you could tear all that down. Right. And there's We've a lot of that, pressure, yes. and I get that. Mm-hmm. But that's why Jesus taught us in Matthew to pray, give us this day our daily bread. I'm not asking you to help me to live above reproach yeah. for 50 years. Yeah. I'm just asking you to get me through to sunset, get sure. me through the end of this day yeah. to live my life in a way that points people to you. And when I mess up, and I will. Yeah. And when yeah. I'm less like Christ and more like me, and there right. will be days I am, then right. I will be humble enough to say I'm sorry Yes, to the people, whether it was road rage or supermarket rage or 
Yeah. <laughs> Stop hitting me with that shopping cart, whatever it is. <laughs> that I'd be, or it's customer service. When you call customer service and it's less customer service than customer yeah. service, then I would be <laughs> willing course. to say to somebody if I was short with them or snarky, I'm sorry. Yeah. Would you please forgive yeah. me? There have been yeah. times where yeah. I'd be on the line with tech support or customer service and they were just running me around and they're not helping. And, and then right. at the very end, they're like, Anything else I can help you with? <laughs> like, well, yeah. you help me on the first thing I called about for right. two hours. <laughs> right. Then, yeah, let's add something to the list. But until then, but then there have been times where I, I got short with people on the, lot, on the phone and they said, well, I need your email address to email you a ticket of this conversation. Oh, no. I, thought, I can't give you my Vernon Church address. I, I gave yeah. you my Gmail yeah. because I was so ashamed yeah. that if they knew I was from a church, they would right. be like, nope, yeah. I have nothing to do with his Jesus. And yeah. so that... That's conviction. That's where God says, you look more like LJ and less like Jesus. You need, yeah. to, you need to pray and ask God to help you with that. That's tough. And, you know, the witness that you have, it it, it means something to the world. It really does. And it, and it means something in the law enforcement world. If you are to go to court and not be honest, if you perjure yourself, yes. you're going to be Brady listed. You are never going to be able to testify in that court or probably any court ever again. Your word really means something. And even if you don't get to the courtroom, just your day-to-day in the operations of things, I'll tell you just real quick, one of the earliest complaints I had in my career where I work now was somebody called in and they told something that wasn't true on me. They said, that officer cussed me out. Oh, and okay. for my supervisor at the time, that was a real easy complaint because I had been there for at least a year, maybe two years at that point, And he'd never heard a dirty word come out of my mouth. No profanity ever right. spoken by me. And uh, because he, even when I was at my worst, I, I never cared for profanity. I never liked it and, right. and never used it. And he was very confident. This is before this is going way back. This is before we had body cams or even cameras in our cars. Yes. So I had I had no eyewitness to back me up. But I had my personal witness, and he was very quick to tell them, I know you're not talking about Andy because Andy doesn't <laughs> use profanity. That's awesome. And ultimately, that's the awesome. person had to admit that they were exaggerating, that that's not what I said. And wow. so that's not to boast on myself. That is no, to say that, that your witness means everything. So it can be a good witness, and somebody can say, man, that that pastor, LJ, what a good guy. Or they can say, would you believe I got cut off in traffic by a guy with a license plate that yeah, said Pastor right. LJ? And I'm not <laughs> sure, but he made some kind of weird gesture with his hand. Right. You know, there, there's their exaggeration. Right, yeah. He said I was number one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was yeah. right in the middle of his world. Right. <laughs> number one, right in the middle of my world. Right. So, that, so yeah. yeah, character counts. Your witness means something. And, and it can be used it for is. great good or it can be used to cause complete devastation for somebody exactly yeah so if it starts off so well i mean jesus started off great the early church started off great persecuted went around the world and did not fight back with the persecution it wasn't like the early church took up swords and said that's it we're going to fight back right they just spread the gospel around the world and and god used them to do that so where did it go off the rails if it Mm. all started off so great yeah it went off the rails. Yeah. It's where Constantine, who was the emperor at that time, he converted to Christianity. And so when he did that, he go, Christianity goes from being illegal to not only being legal to being the state religion. Now you have people who are called Christians but are far from living 
like Christ. But they're called Christians because basically with Constantine, it was, this is an, this is a Christian empire. Persecution stops today, which again, thank God for that. But when you make people call themselves a Christian who actually don't submit to Jesus, now you have this mixed up idea of what Christianity is. And no surprise right after that, the Crusades. Yeah. You don't see Jesus advocating for the Crusades. Right. But that's exactly what happens. The Roman Catholic Church says we need to take Jesus to the world and we're going to do that by the sword. Right. And Jesus right. said, here's how all men will know you're my disciple, is if you have love one to another. Sure. But they're lopping heads off in the Crusades. <laughs> and then not terribly far after that, we fast forward the DVR and we're in the Inquisition. Yeah. When they're looking for a way, yeah. let's unite Spain and let's get the Pope to help us out. And he's going to start interrogating people right. to find out if they're, right. if they're Catholic. And if they're not Catholic, well, then off with their head. And then we can be able to say, hey, we have 100%, 100% Catholics. Well, yeah, because yeah, yeah. you killed everybody else. And, and those are things that people still bring up today. And they, they probably do. couldn't tell you the years that the Inquisition took place or who was behind it. They probably couldn't tell you anything no. about the Crusades, how many there were, where they were. But they can tell you that it was Christians driving it, that it was exactly. a Christian thing. And they still hold Christianity accountable to that. One exactly. of the things that, and this quote has been said by a couple different people. And I think a different person has been attributed to, to coming up with it different times. But do unto when others. I first heard, <laughs> do unto others, it was this cop in, in this little town. That, no. <laughs> uh, G, uh, G.K. Chesterton is who I first heard it being said by allegedly, but I love the saying, and it's this, is that going to church makes a person no more a Christian than standing in a garage makes them a car. And I think that that's whoever said it, whether it was Chesterton or somebody else, whoever said it was pretty smart because so often the world looks at us and goes, if that's what Christianity is, count me out. Exactly. And the answer to that is it's not. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, yeah. people say the Christians were driving the Crusades, they were driving the Inquisition. I would argue they weren't. Right. First right. off, I would apologize that it was done in the name of Christianity. And I would say, I'm so sorry that people who called themselves Christians were acting in this way. Yeah. But I can promise you, based on the way they lived and the fruit they bore, they weren't Christians. Yeah. Because Jesus never advocated for us to do that. We're not supposed yes. to convert by the sword. Right. We're supposed to let our life be a light in a dark world that people will see what we have and say, I want what you have. Right. So right. no, even though it was done in the name of Christian Christianity mm-hmm. in Christ, it wasn't Christian. Sure, it's well said, yeah. But those are the those yeah. are two of the major blots on the history of Christianity broad term that yeah. people look at and say, if that's a Christian, I want no right. part of it, to which right. I respond, it's not. <laughs> yeah, and don't and don't even get them started on the televangelist scandals and things oh, like mercy. that. I mean, again, it just takes one, and the next right. thing you know. So, and the, the latest—well, I don't know if it's the latest now, but certainly the one of the most recent megachurch scandals. And people look at that and say, "Well, see, I told you, if that's Christian, yeah. the, right. the problem is just because something calls itself Christian sure. doesn't mean it's going to be Christian for all time. That's why right. we pray that give us this day our daily bread." Yesterday, I might have done well. Today, I may mess up. So God, help me today when people look at me and they learn that I'm a Christian, that they will say, if that's what a Christian looks like, lives like, is like, I want to be like that. Not So preacher, let me 
let me ask you this question then. So if you have this concept as a non-Christian or as a new Christian, especially, or even as a seasoned Christian, I guess you could apply this. But when you look at Christianity, the history of Christianity, and when you look at the news that surrounds Christianity, sometimes not so very good news, right. is it safe to say that we have to really rely on that personal relationship? Is this part of why Jesus wants a personal relationship with us? Because if we get wrapped up in the mega church concepts and in the right. history, good, the bad, the ugly, the icky, whatever you want to call it. If we get all tied up in this, when it comes down to it, and you're talking about praying for our, our you know, daily, just praying daily, is this another component? Is this one of the other reasons maybe why Jesus wants to have a personal relationship and wants us to know that this is truly personal for us? Yes, it is. Absolutely. And it's also why he taught us that discipleship, following him, is also pointing people to him, yeah. not not to yeah. us. One yeah. of the problems with something like the megachurch model is that many times it is driven by a celebrity, by rock star pastors and rock star worship leaders. Yeah. One day God was dealing with me during my devotion and I was praying, just asking the Lord to help me to be what he wants me to be and all that kind of thing. And God yeah. dealt with me and he, he told me, I'm a tour guide. My job is not to point them to me, is to point them to him. And yeah. so if they never remember my name, I've yeah. done a good job as a tour guide. I, and yeah. I, I thought back when the Lord dealt with me about that to the time we were in Chicago, we did an architectural boat tour. Man, that's mm. a cool city. And mm. wow, the architecture there is amazing. Yeah. We had this tour guide named Kevin. And the reason I know his name is I put it in Evernote. I said Kevin was a great tour guide. Yeah. But Kevin did not regale us with everything he had done and all that he was about. Right. Kevin just pointed the building and said, see that one right there? That was built by back in the year, yeah. and it was this kind of construction. Yeah, and so he yeah. did that on all these buildings. He said, look at those corn cob towers. They're called that because blah, 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 and this and that. Yeah. When he yeah. finished the tour, I was, in, I was in awe of the architecture, of the creativity, of the engineering yeah. of those buildings. Oh. But I could not tell you where Kevin went to school. I couldn't tell you if he'd ever been a public speaker, couldn't tell you what his job was before or after. He plans to be finish up being a tour guide. But I could tell you that what he told us about, I was amazed. And yeah. so I think about that when it comes to Christians, whether it's a worship service or a conversation. When people come into our churches, they're not coming to see me or see you or hear us. They're coming to see him. And yeah. so as a tour guide, one of the greatest things we can do as a Christian is say, oh, I'm so glad you're here. Let me tell you about him. Let me point you to him. Let what me let a great, you hear him. great illustration. That is beautiful. Yeah. That, that's the job yeah. of a Christian. Yeah. So yeah. I'll just make one addendum to what you just sure. said, because as I've again been reminded this week at the police department, you see yourself as a tour guide. You are no less than a rock star to the members of our department. Oh. <laughs> I've been reminded multiple times this week, yet again, these guys that miss you and to them, you are a rock star, my friend. <laughs> And that's kind, but I'll ultimately, yes. I want them to know Jesus. That's yes, of course. My goal, my my yeah. prayer is they yeah. would know the one who changed my life. And that's exactly what you've done with your presence there and the influence you've had there is that when people look at you, and I'm not saying this just to puff you up, but you are a great example of somebody that people look at and say, he reminds me of somebody who's Christ-like, somebody like Jesus, and he, when I think of LJ and I think of Jesus, it's very easy for me because 
of what LJ has done, the influence he's had on my life, the way he behaves, the conduct I see. So you've been a great example of that. So I know we've kind of picked a little bit on televangelists and crusaders <laughs> and inquisitors yeah, and things and like that. But you, you, you are a bright spot and there are bright spots out there uh, that there people are, can absolutely. look at and say, that that is that is Christianity right there. So they are out there, but as you said, also, we've got to pray every day because the littlest things, it could be that customer service call. It could be that road rage that you might feel those things that people are looking at to us. They're going to make them say, oh, uh -uh, count me out. Exactly. Yeah. I think as a Christian and we're wrapping up everything we do, everything we say. Yeah. If, unless it's neutral, you know, if it's just, yeah, I think I'll have the chef salad today. Yeah. But if it's something that will affect somebody's relationship with God or view of him, yeah, we should see it as what I'm about to do or say. Will yes. it point them to him or drive them from him? Right. I mean, if it points them to him, go for it. Yeah. If it drives them from him because you went on social media because you got upset and angry right. and you're going to let the world know why, and it drives them from him, please, yeah. please pray and ask God to help you. Oh, don't Richard, do that it. could be a whole episode we do just oh, on my that, word that alone. That. <laughs> and I'm sure you've got some cop stories about some social media that just blew up. There's not a fire extinguisher in the world large enough oh my gosh. To, to, to quench fires. Maybe that's our yeah. next episode. That How could be. We... There's plenty of stories. Let me tell you, listeners <laughs> might not know this, but that is a common call. Believe it or not, I'm getting harassed on Facebook. Send the police. That is a real call. Wow. And I imagine every wow. department in North America is responding at some point today to one of those types of calls. Somebody on Facebook said something I didn't like and they're being mean, they're harassing me or they see it as a threat. Yeah. So we could do a whole show on that. Maybe like we should. Sometime. Let's do it. Let's <laughs> yeah. do it. We'll, we'll do it. Yeah. Let's do it the next time. We'll do social media etiquette or something. I like Sur it. Surviving social media as a Christian. Surviving social media. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. Well, let's pray today yeah. that the Lord will help us that everything we do today, and, and let's make this a prayer every day that everything we do today We'll point people to Jesus, that when they see us, they'll see him. When they hear us, they'll hear him. And yes. that we can do what we do in the name of Jesus. And if we fall and if we make a mistake, that we'll be humble enough, meek enough to apologize to the people we've wronged and hurt. Yeah. And then ask God to help us to do better. Okay. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I thank you. You have given us this awesome, holy responsibility of carrying your name and the lifestyle we live. Help us, Lord, today. Give us this day our daily bread. Help us to live in a way that glorifies and honors you, Lord. Everything we say and do will point people to you, draw people to you. And God, if we mess up, if we fall, if we make a mistake, would you please give us the humility and meekness to admit it, to apologize, ask you for forgiveness, ask them for forgiveness, and live our lives to be more like you. Help us, Jesus, every day, day by day, to look and live a little bit more like you. I ask you this, Lord. We want to point people to you yes. in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right, my friend. Well, yes. that wraps up our show for today. Next time, I think we've pretty much, throughout the course of conversation, have decided we're going to do a surviving social media show next month. So tune All in right. for that. Until then, I'm LJ. I'm the preacher. And I'm Andy. I'm the policeman. So be blessed. And be safe.